the Cost Camps Coaches Show, Episode 1. Coaches, on today's show, we have a real treat for you. We have a 39-year veteran coach. What I mean by that, he's coached for 39 years. Um, he's, he's a friend of mine. He's a former coworker of mine and he, I'm not afraid to call him a mentor, learned a lot from him, especially in terms of dealing with players. And I guess you could call it the psyche of your players. He was really good with that. And that, you know, that was, I, I, I learned off of his experiences and just watching him deal with players. Um, he, he did a great job working with guys and and making them play at at the highest level that they could play at. Coach Vince Panalone is our guest today. Uh, Coach and I worked together at Lebanon Valley College. Before he was there, he was the head football coach at Lower Dolphin High School from 1991 until 1997. He was also the head football coach at Cedarcliff High School from 2001 to 2004. He came to Lebanon Valley in 2005, and he was there until 2017. The last seven of those years, he was the defensive coordinator at Lebanon Valley College. So that's where I got to know uh, Coach Panalone. And he's going to talk to us today um, about improving communication between players and coaches. And he, 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 he was going to talk about – what he's going to talk about is setting expectations from the player and making sure that a player – that there's no surprises from that player once the season starts and that the player understands what the expectation is from the coach. And there's a tool that he uses for that, and um, he's going to talk about that. Coach Panalone, thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be a part of your, your uh, football uh, podcast, and uh, I hope that uh, this information can help someone somewhere. Sure, it's great to have you on, Coach. So, so you talked to me about um, that there, there would be times when you'd have a player who – might have been a guy he was a, a bigger guy off the huff you kind of looked at him and he might have been I don't know five nine two hundred and fifty pounds and he he his expectation was that he was going to play football for the first time and he was going to play running back for you and well, yeah. and you, yeah you kind of wanted to to change that expectation or or in the future make sure that there were no surprises from players like that so so that's not like go, go ahead, ahead coach Mark. Well, just talk no, to me how you, how you changed all that and how you dealt with that. Uh, football player interviews by me as the head football coach actually came to my mind when I was an assistant uh, coaching receivers at Lowered Often back in the uh, 70s and 80s. When every, every year it seemed like we would get a kid going after a wide receiver that didn't belong there. And whether he was too, too slow or he should have been a lineman, um, I always thought to myself, this could have been, we could have uh, better communicated to him by way of an interview. And so when I became the head football coach, I sat down one-on-one with each and every player, and we talked about a number of things that I'd like to get into today. But these interviews were a great way for me to get to know the player one-on-one that we could 
talk about expectations and goals and eliminate those surprises when August rolls around. Was there, without mentioning any names or anything like that, was there a single particular moment or a particular player that you have in your mind that you remember that kind of prompted you to begin conducting these interviews? Or when you were an assistant, you were kind of like, if I'm ever a head coach, this guy, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is the kind of guy that I'd, I'd like to know more about or, or know what his expectations are. Was there a certain moment like that or a certain player? Can you remember that moment? Well, not by name, not by yep. name, but I remember situations where, um, you know, any, any, any kid that shows up at my receiving drills, I'm going to coach him. Right. And uh, I, coached this, I coached kids like this for a couple of days before I had a chance to really get to know them and sit down with them and say, hey, maybe, maybe you're better off playing over here because I think you'll get on the field faster if you play at this position. But by that time, we were a couple of days into camp and he lost he lost some valuable time learning another craft. So uh, I thought, let, let's let's eliminate that and let's talk about those expectations in the spring. So that's what I did. I would um, have a general sign up meeting sometime near maybe in early April and find out who exactly is coming out for football next year. And I would get some information from each kid. And then I would sit down and draw up a, a, a menu, so to speak, of when I was going to interview each kid. Um, each player that wanted to play football was going to be interviewed by me. This had nothing to do with my assistant coaches. This was all on me. I wanted to, I wanted to meet each kid individually. So the actual interview would take place. It would, it would be like a 15 or 20 minute. Sometimes it ran 30 minutes. But there were three parts of the interview, and um, that's what I'm here to talk about today. So there, there were three parts of the interview. You said it would take about 20 minutes and maybe more. The, the interviews would take place, you said you would start the interview process in April, correct? Yeah, I would, I would take the present-day juniors, the kids who are going to be seniors next year, and then I would do each class. And uh, it's very, it, I'm not going to lie to you, it's very time consuming, but to me, it was worth it. It were, was totally worth it. Were there any of these guys that were already kind of, in, like maybe he had a junior, it was his first year playing football, but he didn't play a winter sport, and he was kind of already involved in a weight training program or all-season training program that you had going on. Um, would you still sit down and interview those type of guys? Any kid that signed up, I'd interview. Maybe, maybe the player was in a, a basketball guy. Maybe he was a baseball guy. Maybe he was in season. I would work around his schedule. I would find a time. I'd find him. Uh, perhaps I would meet him in his study hall, or maybe I would meet him while he's having lunch, or I would meet him. I would meet him sometime that was, was good for him and made sure that uh, we had that talk. Okay. So, you know, when you're talking about April, you're talking about kids probably in bas baseball and track. And uh, those kids I had to work around uh, and find a way to get and talk with them. But, but like I said, it was well worth the effort. And um, I would encourage uh, young, new, new head coaches uh, to give this a shot because it really helped me with my relationship with players. A lot of the coaches that are going to be listening to this, and, and it's becoming more and more common, are not necessarily in a position 
where they can come or they're in school or they can come to school during the day. In other words, right. they, they have it's, it's a job where, you know, the, it takes up their time during the day or maybe that's their maybe they have a night job and, and that's their time to sleep, whatever it may be. Do you have okay. any kind of suggestions for a head coach that might be in that position? Maybe they work at another sure. school. Would you have any sure, kind of suggestion? Happened. Yeah, it's happening a lot now. Um, it for, happened to me at uh, when I got the job at Cedar Cliff. I was teaching in I was teaching on the East Shore, and so I had the uh, athletic director help me out, and he set up. I would set up maybe six or seven interviews um, a day, and that they would they wouldn't start till like four o'clock. And uh, I would suggest with a coach that can't be in a school every day to get help from your athletic director or even better yet, your booster club and let the booster club. Maybe you can uh, find a place in the uh, library at night where kids can come in, uh, space them out uh, 20 minutes apiece and, and, and do five or six or seven in an in a early evening or a after school. And then once again, if the kid is playing a sport, then you got to find a time to get over there. So, yeah, I I uh, had to hustle for my teaching job on East Shore um, and get over to Cedar Cliff uh, for, you know, four or five nights a week just to get just to get my interviews done. You kind of don't have an excuse anymore not not to sit down with a player, you know, with technology now, with uh, the advent of Zoom and, and the, the face to face computer meetings that you can have that'd be a good way to do it too i know it's a little more impersonal and, and the a phone call might be a little more impersonable personal but just being able to look somebody in the eye over the computer that that can go a long way i know what you're talking about sitting down face to face nothing replaces that but yet you have those uh the tools the technology tool tools now with zoom where a coach can just hop on there and talk to a oh. player that's a great idea. And I, I guess I'm showing my age here and not thinking of that. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Not, yeah, that's a I, great hey, way to do it. And, and you could do it, uh, probably get a lot more done and still look the kid in the eye. So that's all good stuff, too. Yep. Hey, two years ago, no one knew what the heck Zoom was or any of this stuff. So we're, yeah. everyone's kind of new to that. So talk to me about yeah. the actual interview process, Coach. How, okay. Like, what what were the questions and and how would that go? Was there a script you went off? What what prompted you? Did you go off script? All that stuff. Go ahead. So I have a piece of paper in front of me with the kid's information. He he's already filled out uh, at my at my general meeting in in April. He's already filled out um, his name, address, and his his uh, email, his cell phone. And that's in front of me now. I've already filled that out on the paper and the paper's in front of me to take notes. And so when the kid sits down, I make sure number one, this is the first part of the interview is all this information up to date. I'm, I want to know your, uh, your cell phone, uh, your email, your address. And then more importantly, I want to know about your family. I want to know how many siblings you have. I want to know about your mom and dad. Are they still together or, are they step parents? I want to know about your family situation. And I thought that was really important to understand what that boy comes from every day coming to school. What kind of house, what kind of home, what kind of family life does he have? So that was important for me to understand where he was coming from. So that was the first part of the interview. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to learn that. Um, 
that that's it is real important to know where a player goes at once practice is over and once or once the school day is done and and what what kind of lifestyle he yeah just general lifestyle is he sitting down and doing homework or is he getting on the, the playing video games all night you know parents have a lot to do with that and are oh, they yeah. are they getting three square meals every day too i think that's, that's correct that's something that that I think coaches can kind of take for granted at times that that I've learned just this year. You know, a lot of guys' dinner time might consist of you know they're heating up a hot pocket at at midnight. So it's I think it's important to to get that to, like you said to understand where they're going, what their family life is like. And uh, in a very subtle, and in a very subtle way, I need to find out like if we're going to go to Lebanon Valley Team Camp, how much can this young man afford? Right. I got to I got to find out if we're going to have to help him get to team camp or he's in a situation where that's not going to be a problem. Right. So th- that that all all that dynamic comes into the first part of the interview. The the second part of the interview is all about academics. And I've already gone to the guidance counselor. I already have his GPA in front of me. It's on that piece of paper. Um what I might not have are his PSAT scores, but I can get them. I can get that or his SAT scores. But I want to know where he is academically and what plans he has for the future. Is he is does he want to go to college? Does he want to go to the military? Is he going to go to a trade school? Does he want to just go out in the workforce? But um, it's it's a really important for your upcoming seniors to get a good gr- grip on what they want to do. The other part of that is when I I'm also at the end of the interviews, I'm, I'm going to be talking with freshmen who will be sophomores. It's also important to talk with them to get them thinking, OK, you're going to be a senior in a couple of years. W- what are your thoughts? Have you thought about this whole college thing? Where are you going to go with that? And finally, I talk to them about what tough classes they're doing. Uh, you know, and, and I, by this time, I kind of know if how their attendance is at school if they're getting in trouble with the principal or anything like that. So we address issues like that. You know, Hey, you, you know, you're going to represent us now. Um, See, so you, you got to keep your nose clean in school. You got, you got to just hunker down, get your, get your, get your uh, work done. Don't give the teachers a hard, hard time because we, we can't have that in our, on our team. When, so that was part two. When it came to asking them what future plans they had, I, I know I was like this in high school where I was a quiet, reserved kid. And if you would have asked me that, it probably would have taken a little prompting to get something out of me. You know, I, I might have answered, I don't know, coach. Something like that. Yeah. Something brief like And then that. I would say to you, Mark, if you were sitting in front of me, I would say, well, look at, looking at your GPA here, you got a shot to be, you got a shot to go to college. You got a shot to play in college. So I want you to think about that. And we're going to come back to that um, this summer when I'm, when I, when we're doing all this lifting and we're doing all these workouts, I'm going to probably pull you aside one day and Hey, have you thought about that stuff? But I, I want you to start thinking about it now. Yeah. I want to talk, I want to ask you when you're done talking about the, uh, this interview process, I do want to talk about follow-ups, how much, how much you followed up with this. Um, but keep going with this interview process. So part one was about family. Part one was about contact information. Part two was about grades and and academics and keep going coach and the you know and in part two would finish with um 
if you really want to get to a, like, if a kid told me he wanted to be in an Ivy league school, he's, he's probably a really good student. And I would say your GPA, uh, can we get this GPA up a little bit because there's more scholarship money with higher GPAs than anything. So those, yes. But the second part is all about academics. And then the third part at the bottom of my sheet are my football goals. Part three is about football. And once again, I have at the bottom of my paper there, I said, you know, what's your current bench press? What's your current squat? What's your current 40 time? And what do you, what do you want to get? What's your goal? What do you want to have happen in August? Do you want to be a varsity starter? Do you want to be a special team starter? Do you want to play JVs? You know, this is what I'm saying to the younger kids. What do you want to have happen? And then inevitably, um, I get a kid that'll say, well, I want to be a starting guard on the football team. And I'll say, okay, now I'm looking at your bench right now. And it says that you bench 185 one time. Hmm. Yes, coach. And then I'll say, okay, now in our conference, how many guards can bench 185? Well, they all can. And how many of them can bench 225? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, if you don't know, they all can. (laughs) They all can bench 225. Good point. So if you come in. If you come in in August and you can bench 225, then I'll know you're serious about being a starter. But if you come in and you're benching 185, you can hardly get it off the bar, then you're going to send a message to me and I'm going to get it. Would you ever? Go ahead, coach. Keep going. So so let's fast forward. If, If a player, if I set a goal, okay, this is your goal for the bench, and he doesn't make that goal, I don't say a word to him. We go about our business in August. The only time I bring it up is if he comes to me and says, coach, I want to know why I'm not starting. And my dad's coming in. He wants to know why you're not starting. Then I'll say, fine, come on in. And then I'll say, Hey, this is, this is our goal in April. We, we determined that you to be able to be considered to be a starter, you had to bench 225 and yet you can hardly get 185 off the bar. So that's a big, that's a big thing. That's a, 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 a big factor in you not starting. I only used it as ammunition if they had questions about why they weren't starting. I never brought it up in their face. I never waved it in front of them, and, and uh, I never did that. But I always used it for ammunition. The same thing with a, a, receiver, a kid that wants to be a receiver, and he's, and he's running a, uh, a 40 in six, in six flat. Well, I'm telling you, you you can't be you you won't be a you won't be a starting receiver for us if you if that's how fast you are. And I know it's it's really tough to get your forty time down, but and then I'm using exaggeration. A six a six flat would be an exaggeration, but that that's the same kind of idea. We understand what you're talking. We we all we've all dealt with those kind of players. No, you know exactly what you're talking about. Would you ever now? This is probably a no no to talk. to to talk about other players during this interview, but playing time is kind of a relative thing. In other words, a a player's playing time is based on other players at his position and how he compares, relatively speaking, to another player. Would you ever bring something like that up? Not just talking about what what their goals were or what they've mentioned before in the past and how they would compare to other players in the league, but also players on the – would you ever talk about other, other players on the team? Uh, I would I would do that in the case of a, a kid that was maybe a, uh, a first time player and he wanted to be a tight end. And we had a tight end on the team who will be a who would be a senior. Right. And he was an all conference kid. 
then I would say, well, you know, I won't, I don't have to mention his name because he knew the kid. I said, you know, we have a pretty good tight end coming back, but there might be some sets where we're going to use double two tight ends. So, you know, if you can play, I mean, we're, we're going to find a place to play. It. You know, this is also um, in the football goals. This is also, if it was, if I had a kid that was interested in, I can't tell you how many kids over the years thought that they were good enough to play at Penn state. <laughs> Right. And this is was a this was a very delicate issue, especially with the kids who were upcoming seniors. And they, they, they thought they you know they went to the Penn State camp and the coaches were really high on them. And they all told me, yeah, Penn State coaches want me want me to come back next year to camp. I said, well, are they going to charge you the money? Well, yeah, well, of course they want you to come back. They want you to pay the money. Yeah. But the point I'm trying to make is, you know, there's there's other options out there than Penn State. You know, if you're if you're a if you're a junior in high school and going to be a senior and you haven't been signed already, you're not going to get signed by Penn State. Uh, probably. So that was a whole different discussion. And um, I only ha- only had to do that a few times for guys that were really misguided in their intentions on what they want to happen. So that 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 kind of like uh, was the three parts of the interview. Believe me, it was worth every every minute of it for me to get to know these kids and where they're coming from. And uh, it served me, it served our purpose well in regards to getting ready for the August and trying to eliminate any surprises. Would you go back and refer to these interviews? Like, would you ever sit down again? Not with not with a player, just just with yourself if you had some free time to, to kind of like go through and, and just review what what each player said and then maybe well, if there were a couple of things that stuck stuck out or or some maybe it's some sort of a goal that a player had that it wasn't even coming close to or that he had exceeded and you would mention that throughout the course of the season or, or sometime during training camp something like that first of all um at the end of the interview i would turn the paper around say this is what i've written down take a look at it and he would look at it and i said now i want you to sign the bottom and then he would sign his name to it, and I we'd put a date on it, and I would make a copy and give him the copy. Okay. So he had a copy. He had a copy that he could take. He could either choose to take it home or not. Um, but I would keep all the interviews in a notebook, and I would keep them right there on my desk. And yeah, there were times I'd go through there and, and check that out. But if Mark, if I had to do it again, though, if I had to do it again, if I started off as a head football coach, again. I would arrange through my booster club to at least interview the upcoming seniors at night with their parents. Okay. I was going to ask let, you let about the parents. parents. Let, let the parents sit there as I interview their son and let, let them hear what I'm, we're talking about. And with a booster club, I thought they could do this and maybe get the library for a Tuesday and Thursday night and maybe have six or seven interviews at night. And it would be just me, the player, and the, and the parents. And the parents wouldn't be able to say anything. They just had to sit and listen until the very end. And then I would ask the parents, okay, now do you have any questions? And so I think I Would think you ever meet with the too. player by themselves and then, with, in other words, have the one-on-one with the player and then have that, have, I guess, kind of like the same discussion with the player with the parents sitting there? Or would that be the interview? That would be the uh, the one and only interview. No, that that would be the interview. Okay, and I would do it only. I would only do it with the seniors, uh, or the upcoming seniors, because 
the whole after after uh, after high school thing is in question now. Right. Whether they're going to, you know, what are they going to do academically? What do they want to do football wise? You know, because sometimes the kids, the, the kid doesn't know, but the parents are the ones that are pushing. They want them to play at Penn State and the kids not he might buy into that. But he's he deep down, he knows he's not good enough to play there. But anyway, if I were to do it again, I would do it with parents there for the upcoming seniors. What about assistant coaches? Did you ever have any assistant coaches in the interview or give them any input? Like a, if they had a question they wanted to ask, they could relay it through you to the player, anything like that? Absolutely. Uh, I, when I would, when we would have coaches meetings and I, they would always ask me, how are the interviews going? If there were any highlights or lowlights to the interviews, I would always tell that position coach what, what's going on there. And uh, once the season started, uh, they would be a very, they would be like the line coach would be very aware of uh, this upcoming senior wants to start at right guard. And um, he would be aware of what the, what our goals were for that kid. Good. So this, uh, this interview process would be very beneficial. And like you said, especially to a, to a coach that that's new to a program, a, a first year coach and, and it, it, certainly could still be useful to a veteran head coach. No question about it. I'm sure there's a lot of programs that do something like this. Um, the, the, the thing you were talking about with, with playing time and having that ammunition, something I remember you always talked about too is, you know, a player might, they might have a goal and they might work their tail off to reach that goal. And maybe they had a goal for more playing time or rising up on the depth chart, and they worked their tail off to get, to reach that goal, but it never came to fruition. In other words, the season came. You know, they, all off season they were working, they they worked hard, but then they just never saw playing time or or the playing time they they were expecting. I always remember you saying that the hard work part of things, everybody's doing that. That's expected. Yeah, that's the expectation. Did you ever have to come across and give that speech to a player and 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 they kind of referred back to their goals and exceeding those goals? Did you ever have that happen to you at all? Or maybe mostly they, go ahead, coach. Mostly at the college level, what were that was the old uh, effort versus performance right. speech. That yeah, everybody works hard and we expect that. But it's all it's who who's performing, who makes that tough tackle, who catches the ball, who who makes that great block, who makes that great throw. I mean, it's all about performance. And that and then then we get into a whole different thing about grading films and grading practices. Yep, yep. So that's that's a different that's a different animal. And we could talk about that another time. But um, uh, at the high school level, I'm not sure I had that. I'd, I had to have that. Um, specific talk too many times. That's the that's the coach panel and wisdom right there that I learned off of you. So I, I appreciate that, and I appreciate you coming on the show today. I hope coaches can get something out of this and and something they can they can implement in their football program to to help them out in the future. But coach, uh, it was good talking to you today, and again, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Well, Mark, I'm honored that you would think of me, and um, I wish you the very best. 
and uh, we'll be in touch. Yeah, this will, listen, this is not the last time you're going to be on this show, just so you understand that. I know we didn't sign any kind of contract or anything like that, but this, I want you on some more, too, talking to these guys. All right, well, the next time we talk, then I'll, I'll let you talk to my agent. <laughs> All right, sounds good. <laughs> All right. Coach, have a good okay. day. Thank you, Mark, yep. and good luck. Thanks, appreciate it. Okay, bye. Coaches, if you haven't done so, please visit coscamps.com. That's C-O-S-C-A-M-P-S dot com. There's we got we got a skills blog on there. It's it's kind of geared toward receivers right now. Um, but there's some stuff on there, and that's it's it's just in its beginning stages. Uh, maybe there's something on there that you can take away and, and use with your players. Again, that's just in its beginning stages, and, and hopefully we'll get some guests on there, and, and you can go on there and, and look at past podcast episodes, even though we're only on episode one, but in the future there's going to be some more on there, and, and keep referring back to that for announcements that we'll be making for events that we have going on in the winter time once the season's done and, and things have settled down. But we've got some events going on close to the holiday season, throughout the holidays, and, and even into January and February. So check back on that, and thanks for listening. Catch you next time.